This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start so let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101. I have a very special guest with me today, and uh, a guest I'm excited about not only having on the show, but a guest that I am excited as having on brand new to Bear Archery. We have Mr. Fred Eichler. Fred, how are you, man? I'm doing absolutely great. How are you? I am absolutely better than I deserve. I know that. <laughs> my grandpa my grandpa would say I'm finer than frog hair split two ways. There you go. I like it. Now, Fred, uh, this might be, for, for some, this might be the very first time they've heard the news of you coming to Bear Archery. Um, so first off, for, for myself, uh, I am incredibly excited to see you come to Bear Archery. Um, I, I mean, when you're talking recurves, who else in the world would you rather have other than Mr. Fred Eichler himself? Well, <laughs> well, I'm honored about that, and I appreciate it. But really, I, you know, I never felt like I, I guess Bear Archery's always been a part of us. Um, and I say that because my whole archery career started out really one of my first industry jobs was at Bear Archery. So I actually just finished up an article, and I've I've written multiple times in Bowhunter Magazine Traditional about my interaction with Fred Bear um, and also getting to work for Frank Scott. So I worked at the uh, the Bear Archery Pro Shop and Museum. Man, literally my job was putting mineral oil on the noses and the claws of all of Fred Bear's mounts from all over the world. So, you know, that was hugely impactful as a young man being able to to walk around and and see those animals and and you know just uh, just blown away and every interaction i had with fred bear uh was was incredible um you know the first time i i met him i was nine years old he signed a copy of his fred bear's field notes um in 1976 that dates me a little bit uh but that was really a cool experience and he was such a gentleman and then the next time i met him was actually at his uh archery range in gainesville florida i was there shooting with my dad and i actually got my dad into bow hunting my dad was a big hunter uh but he wasn't a bow hunter he kind of like a lot of guys felt that uh man that bow hunting i think it just uh wounds animals and you know i don't know if that's a great thing for the for the sport and then as he delved into it and did some research and realized i really wanted to get into it uh my dad signed up hook line and sinker and when I shot my first deer in my teens with a bow and dad saw that it only went like 50 yards and, and dropped, it just blew his mind. So then he was, yeah. he was a believer, but uh, yeah, man, I had multiple, you know, the, the third time, and I got to tell you about this one, cause it's kind of cool. The third time I met Fred bear, he was uh, actually in Shan's hospital. Um, I was uh, gosh, I think it was 18 or 19. I was a security guard. One of those, you know, I'd, I was working for another shop and then I would go at night and I would work at a, at a hospital and Fred bear was walking through the lobby with uh, his wife, Henrietta, and he was wheeling one of the oxygen tanks that he used to help him breathe. And uh, I said, Mr. Bear, I said, how are you? I said, uh, I love your videos, love your books. Uh, you know, man, it's just an honor to see you. And man, he stopped 
and started talking to me like just just like a buddy and and it just blew me away wow. so I, I had three three encounters with fred everyone were amazing every one of me made me feel super important and special and his wife ended up finally dragging him away she said fred you're late for your appointment and he even <laughs> he even apologized to me so you know, it's, it's funny, you know, I, I, I've never really left bear. I guess that's where I started my archery, archery career. I've always been a big fan of, of bear archery, but you know, I, I've, I've shot a bunch of great bows, always had bear archery bows and, you know, in my lineup, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I got to shoot a Palmer bow, which Mike Palmer is a great friend of mine, shot 29 with that. And then, you know, worked with Hoyt, um, another great, great bow company and and uh help them design their you know their buffalo their satori and then uh bear archery you know not only is where i started but also the passion that those guys have and the fact that they're bringing back their namesake i mean they're the the fact that they are really putting fred bear back into the spotlight and bringing up that history of archery i mean fred bear arguably had the largest impact on archery than any person ever has so i i mean i'm sorry dylan i'm getting excited but i mean just you know fred bear was 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 so many things to so many people and he impacted me as a young man so it's super exciting as they're bringing back you know a lot of like the mag riser you know uh, you know on the traditional side you know that fred bear designed that was his latch system so it's really cool that they're uh uh you know republishing fred bear's field notes just I, i think that's where it really opened my eyes that man they're kind of going back not that they ever left it but they're really pushing that whole philosophy of let's get a bow into everybody's hands any animal's a trophy and it just falls right in line with with the way i think don't ever apologize to me about being excited man because that is (laughs) that's why i'm excited to have you on board and so i'm excited to have you here man i I, you know, I, I love bear archery. I love what they stand for. I love the company. Uh, I love working with them and for them and, and, uh, and to have guys that are excited and, and, and passionate about what they shoot and why they shoot it. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, it, it's one of those moments where somebody can step back and say, okay, um, he's excited about what he's shooting and it's more than just because they're going to pay him. You know what I mean? Uh, so many people in the industry, you can tell they're only shooting that because they get paid. And, uh, and it's a, a breath of fresh air to see somebody and to hear somebody who is excited about wanting to, to shoot bear archery and, and being a part of what bear archery is doing. Now uh, I've got tons of questions, man. I'm really excited, but before we dive in, uh, I do want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at the Pope and young club. And, and, and it goes back to exactly what you just said. A lot of people had the misconception that uh, archery equipment was not a, a, an efficient way to harvest animals. And, and that is why the Pope and young record book exists in the first place to, to show uh, that, that big, animals and that mature animals can in fact be harvested with archery equipment and so uh they exist to continue to create new opportunities for us as bow hunters and they are striving uh to be the voice of bow hunters and so uh what you said man just resonated with me that that you know that used to be the mindset was that bows and arrows weren't efficient enough to harvest big game and uh and so i'm thankful for an organization like pope and young to step in and work with fred bear uh to create uh those opportunities for us as bow hunters um so what does it look like for you stepping into a partnership with bear archery i mean other than just the 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 raw excitement you know what is it what does it look like for you um to have that that new partnership that new relationship um moving into this 2021 year man you know it's funny and, and i like what you just said about pope and young too and and i guess going back archery history is is a big thing with me but you know a lot of people don't even know this i know you do but you know pope and young's named after art young and saxon pope um you know two guys that that proved what archery equipment could do shooting african lions and grizzly bears and black bears and tons of different you know animals and putting on shooting dis- demonstrations at like the world's fair in chicago and all kinds of other things and they swayed a lot of people over into into archery as well but i guess i wouldn't call it a new relationship Dylan. like i said i you know i started out at bear archery um through my and i don't know if you call it a career but as, as my you know through all the hunting that i've done um I've continually written articles about and mentioned Fred bear and bear archery and, and my job at bear archery. And, you know, some of my 
great friends have come from there. And, you know, Frank Scott and me were friends till, till he passed away. You know, he worked for Fred Bear since he was 17. I think he passed away when he was 79. And, uh, you know, I worked with Frank and, and we were friends till he passed sharing letters back and forth. And, you know, he had given me a, a custom Kodiak when I left bear archery. And, you know, I still have actually, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk here looking at the mountains, but there's a picture of me and, Actually, it's Frank Scott where he says, thanks for all your help in Gainesville. So, I mean, I, I guess I guess it's it's newer with the relationship, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the promoting the, the bear products as they go more toward uh, some of the traditional and some of the Fred Bear stuff, which really means a lot to me. Uh, but I, it's always been a part of me, I guess, uh, when you start somewhere and stay in touch with the company and, you know, and write articles about him. I guess it's been a, it's been an ongoing relationship with, uh, with a man who really impacted me besides my father, Fred bear, uh, had a big influence. Fred bears field notes, man. I mean, how do you not read those and, and, and want to be like Fred or see some of the things that he had seen. And I mean, I'll never be the, the storyteller or the, you know, eloquent writer that Fred was, but man, the way he would tell a story, involved everything not just the animal he was after uh but also the people and the places he had just such an amazing way of of describing um you know the guides and the other people he was with and man he was just a super guy and and such a great role model um for kids like me and i know he touched a lot of other people so i just i'm really tickled because there's a lot of great companies out there and I've, I've been fortunate to work with some of them. Like I mentioned, Mike Palmer and, and, and Hoyt as well, but you know, bears real big push of, uh, you know, getting a bow in everybody's hands and let's have something for everybody from the kids to the adults. Um, you know, my dad's 74, he's still shooting a bow and arrow, shooting a recurve. That's what he loves. But, uh, you know, the fact that they've got something for everybody, whether it's compound, whether it's a crossbow, whether it's a recurve, um, I like, bear archery's philosophy and the fact that they're carrying on what fred started yeah and, and that's and why that, that means so much to me and, and and what you just said is exactly why bear archery and the eichler family is the perfect partnership um and that's because our values align perfectly um with getting everybody involved in archery and 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 putting your boys first and your family first and trying to get them you know you've mentioned your dad and you've mentioned all these people uh getting into archery and that's why that's why we're so excited to have you on board uh and that's why that's why i personally um that's why i personally love bear archery so incredibly much is because and and i say this from almost every episode and i'm sure people are tired of hearing it but i'm just so excited that there's a company in the world that I can buy something for all of my family members from, uh, you know, when bear archery puts out their new, their new catalog, I can look through that and I can find a new bow for myself. Uh, not only that, I can find a new compound for myself. I can find a new recurve and a new crossbow for myself, but then I can look and I can find a new compound for my wife, a recurve for my wife, a, a crossbow for my wife. There's, there's compounds and recurves and, and, and crossbows for my kids all the way down to my youngest. You know, I mean, there's just, there's bows for everybody, and that's why I absolutely love this company so much. Is because they're so inclusive in what they do, and and and, and it's almost like they give that mentality of just open arms. You know what I mean? And that's why that's why I personally have always been a fan of of, of bear archery. But but I myself too, Fred. I had that homecoming experience, that homecoming moment um, when 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 beginning to work with bear archery. And and uh, I guess I'm going on four years now of working with bear in some sort of capacity. Um, the podcast is only going on about six months. But um, and, and for me, when I first started working with bear archery, it was almost just that that coming home feeling. Uh, because a lot, a lot like everybody, my first bow was a bear. The first bow that I saved up for all summer long and spent money on was a bear bow. And, uh, and so to, to finally have that, that I'm back home where I belong feeling was just incredible. And, and I'm sure it's even more extensive for you having worked for Fred, uh, you know, back, back in the day. Yeah, Fred, had, uh, unfortunately, he passed right before I went to work for the company, but he was one of the main reasons I went to the company, him and Frank Scott. But uh, really neat getting to work with those guys. And like you said, I mean, they've touched so many people. I shot, you know, my first elk with a Bear Magnum 44, which is a 
compound that you know at the at the time was was just awesome and you know when i was a kid it was just they were cutting edge man the the bear i don't know if you remember this but like the bear delta v man when you know i grew up in gainesville florida so bear archery was a huge part of that whole community and you know i remember being on the school bus and kids talking about man the bear the bear delta v is the fastest bow in the world <laughs> you know it was like and that's the way they advertised it so it was like a huge conversation the school bus with me and you know a bunch, bunch of my southern buddies you know it was pretty funny so it's neat uh you know everything they've done though even currently like here's a prime example a lot of companies if they make something you have to get all new stuff and i don't care whether it's firearm a bow um, sometimes even, you know, other archery equipment, like, oh, well, if you want to use this, you can't use your old stuff. They came out with that, that new mag riser. You could put your old limbs on it. Like if you had limbs that are 40 years old, you can use them on that riser. So like yeah. I actually, and to me, this was kind of cool. I used an old B riser, um, that was from the seventies. It had the old button brass medallion on, on the bow. So it was, it's close to 50 years old, that bear riser. And I used 40-pound limbs, new takedown limbs on it. So I literally kind of married old with new, and that was neat to me. So I was out in the field with a 50-year-old riser, new limbs. It was 40-pound limbs. And, man, I shot an elk with that, you know, over on the ranch. And, and it was so neat. And and even my, my buddy that was video, and he was laughing. Matter of fact, we're going we're gonna to put that up on our YouTube channel. But there was a bull elk coming. And my philosophy has always been the first one in, first one down. You know, whatever I can eat, I'm ready to shoot. And, uh, you know, and Fred Bear was a lot like that. He, he wasn't holding out for a lot of trophy animals. Fred always felt that anything you took with a bow was a trophy, and I and I love that. Um, but, you know, this this big lead cow comes out, and I whisper to my buddy's video, and I'm like, I'm going to take this lead cow. And he whispers back. He's like, you see the bull coming, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's the bull, but- <laughs> That cow's walking behind about 21 yards, so I'm going to take her. So I, I draw back, and with 40-pound limbs, um, you know, that arrow buried three-quarters up into this elk and into the chest. And I watched her run, big mature cow. She ran about 80 yards, and, and I watched her drop in sight. And I'm like, how cool is that? I, I've got a, you know, a 50-year-old riser with new limbs, and I love the fact that they made that. I mean, they could have tweaked it and made it to where they wouldn't fit you know, or where you had to buy new limbs to do it. But for the guys that have the old stuff, um, like I do, some of the older bear stuff too, it's really neat that that adapts over and and you can marry old with new um, with a lot of that stuff. Or you can go with the new mag riser too and new limbs, but you could swap and switch. And I don't know, that to me is, uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, man. And I, I can literally spend all day long uh, asking you questions about recurves. I really could, uh, because I am just now getting into it and I have made the commitment, um, for 2021 to be my year for, for shooting a recurve only. Um, wow. Nice. And so, so I am going to be, I'm actually going to be shooting the mag riser. Uh, started off with a grizzly, really loved it. Um, and, and, but this year I'm going to be shooting the mag riser and I am so excited to dive into that. And actually Fred, uh, come March, we're going to do a full breakdown, um, on traditional archery and getting involved in it, how to get started in it. And, uh, and I'm certainly going to have you on for an episode in that, uh, to give us the, the breakdown and the rundown of how to get started. And, uh, we're going to have some phenomenal other guests, um, on there, uh, on that series, uh, Aaron Schneider, Chris Perino, uh, Jim Willems from Pope and Young, uh, Harvey Ebers, uh, just going to have some, some phenomenal wisdom in the traditional world. Uh, pour into us and teach us from the beginning and so i'm excited about that so i'm going to save all of my my uh, recurve questions for then that's so awesome you know i've guided harbeavers and chris perino he shot mountain lion and deer and turkey with me and harbeavers been out mule deer that's that's pretty neat i know a lot of those guys have guided a lot of them harv is one of the greatest guys i've ever met he's amazing uh, so is chris chris is a super guy and so is yeah Harv. But harv is just that that old school guy that is just the nicest guy uh, absolutely uh, yeah he's a he's a super guy full of knowledge and uh yeah i've had some 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 great times with both those guys but yeah, yeah there's a few tw- few things that you may want to tweak on that you know on that and i could i'd be happy to tell you what i did to get perfect arrow flight so i could get a 40 pound 
pair of limbs that would, you know, that I could comfortably shoot big game, you know, as far as, you know, sticking a matchstick, a lot of the stuff that some of the old timers would do, but, you know, on the riser and on the side plate and things like that. So, uh, you know, getting perfect arrow flights key to me. So I'd be happy to share with you, you know, some of the stuff that I do to tweak mine to get that perfect arrow flight. Yeah. I, I honestly can't wait, man, to just, uh, to just, you know, originally, the appeal to me, and I really don't want to get too far off topic, but I can already tell I'm going to. Originally, the appeal to me uh, about traditional archery was the simplicity in it. But I'm also the kind of guy that I want to tune my arrows. I want to flesh my own arrows. I want you know tune broadheads. I want to 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 when you know when it comes to compounds, I've always uh, paper tuned, French tuned, walkback tuned. I mean, I, I I put thought into everything on my bow, and so. That was part of the appeal to me about traditional archery was was the simplicity in it. Uh, but I've quickly learned over the last, I don't know, four months of shooting with one, uh, that they are simple, but they can be as complex as you want them to, uh, <laughs> which is why I really like it, because you can put as much thought and work into it as you can, uh, but then the act of shooting it is simple. Um not not simple as in easy, that's not what I mean. Uh but but simple as in, you know. I can walk out and throw a tennis ball on the ground and start shooting it uh, rather than having to carry out a target and walk 20, 20 yards and range find it and shoot. You know what I mean? It's just simple and, and it's oh, fun I, I and it's you, enjoyable. It is, it is simple and it's more efficient, man. I, you know, a lot of people ask me, did you shoot a traditional bow because it's tougher and more of a challenge? I shoot one because it's easier. I, I mean, I hate to say that. I, I shoot a compound for a challenge. I, I, really? I, oh, it's, man, if you play a little bit, with a traditional bow and become efficient with it, it will blow your mind. And Pope and Young, actually, I've actually gone to them for record keep. They've done some amazing job of keeping records. Uh, but I wrote an article, it's been a few years ago, and it may have changed, but I think the average distance uh, Pope and Young Whitetail was shot at was like 23 or 24 yards when I wrote the article. Well, that's, that's right in the wheelhouse of a traditional bow. And you know, I've put it to buddies of mine like this. I, I had a buddy that I shot with and he said, man, he said, you know, why the traditional bow? And I said, well, I said, don't get me wrong. I said, if, if I wanted to shoot a ping pong ball at 50 yards, I'm going to grab a compound to release sights, you know what I mean? And I'm going to shoot that ping pong ball. I said, but if I want to kill you, I'm going to grab a recurve bow. And he said, what? And I said, well, I'm probably not going to know the exact yardage and you're probably going to be moving. <laughs> he was like, yeah. And I said, well, I like it. Well, it's just so much faster. It's more, it's more efficient in so many ways. Look at how much more, look at how simple it is. And I'm not bashing compounds at all. Compounds are great. I've harvested some terrific animals of compounds. My, my son just shot a beautiful mule deer yesterday with his compound. But, you know, if, if you and me stand together sometime, and this is what I did with a buddy. I said, you grab your compound, I'll grab my recurve, and let's agree that 25 yards is, you know, is a reasonable shot at a 3D target or an animal. So we set up a 3D target, and I said, you say go, and we'll both shoot it. I said, and let's see how long it takes to shoot that deer. I said, but let's have a couple arrows in our quiver. He said, all right. And I said, well, how do you usually sit when you're hunting or when you're sitting in the tree stand? He said, well, I have an arrow knocked. And it's usually on my little hanger. I said, all right, so we'll both start with an arrow knock. I won't put my fingers on my string. You don't put your release on yours. And you say, go. So he goes, go. Now, I shoot. I shoot the deer in the eight ring, solid double lung. I knock another arrow. I shoot it again in the eight ring. Then he shoots, and he shoots it in the 10. And I said, now, I just killed that deer twice before your arrow even hit it. I said, so that's the difference right there. Wow. Yeah. So, How long ago was that article about 23 yards? Oh gosh. Uh, you know what? You probably asked Pope and Young and they could tell you exactly, but I got all the records from them as far as what the average distance was. So it me, I think it's bumped up a little bit now to 26 maybe, but it's, it's under 30. It, it has been for ages. So that 20 to 25 yards is the average distance that Pope and Young whitetails were harvested at. So that was all the ones that were recorded with Pope and Young. So I thought that was interesting and it's great information. I mean, you know, to me, a, you know, a trophy is whatever, whatever you harvest with a bow, but I love the fact that uh, you can go to Pope and Young and get a lot of great information. They do keep track and you can see what areas 
you know, if you are going after a trophy or exceptional, exceptional animal, where to go after them. But, you know, it's hard to beat somebody that's uh, pretty efficient with a traditional bow. Like I said, I, I go to the compound when I want to challenge because then I need a range finder. I need, well, last time I counted, I think I had 32 set screws on my compound between my sights, my uh, release, uh, quivers, the bow, everything else. That's just a lot more things to go wrong. You know, simplicity to me is is the way to go. And that's where a traditional bow really shines. And, you know, it's really bow hiking most of the time anyways, and a recurve's a lot, lot lighter to carry too. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we move on, since we are on the topic of of recurves i do want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at selway archery they make some of the finest quivers on planet earth and since we are talking uh chris perino uh his his grayling grayling quiver is uh is fantastic i love that it's bear archery branded i love uh that it slides on and off so easily it's just an awesome quiver and selway makes some awesome uh awesome custom quivers they're currently making they're currently making me a hunting 101 quiver, uh, which I'm incredibly excited about. So go check out our friends over at Selway Archery. I used them up in Kodiak last month, uh, hunting sick of blacktail deer, which, of course, every time I go to Kodiak, I think of Fred Bear, because who doesn't remember the footage of Fred shooting that giant brown bear that came around the rock? And, you know, I, yeah. remember, I remember the name of his boat, the Valiant Maid, you know. So being on Kodiak, where I saw some amazing footage of, of Fred bear and, and just, you know, really iconic footage of that giant Brown bear uh, that I also got to clean the claws off of and touch and, and watch so many people come into the Fred bear museum to take pictures of that giant bear that Fred mounted standing up, which was really impressive. Um, but it was, it was really neat being there carrying, you know, the bow that Fred bear designed the latch system. Yeah. for, And, uh, and it was fun. I, bet. I, had, I had one of those new quivers on there, man. I was, I was pretty dang I was pretty dang impressed because on Kodiak, if it's not raining or snowing, it's about to rain or snow. Yeah. And uh man, I, I lured one up to I uh, used a decoy and uh I shot one sick of blacktail at about five yards. And uh then the other one, uh, you know, I usually don't shoot that far, but it either feels right or it doesn't. That's what I love about a about a traditional bow, but I shot the other one at forty and uh shot two arrows and killed two beautiful sick of blacktail deer with my recurve. It was pretty neat. Now I uh, I actually I was recently with Harv uh, Ebers and and he told me the story he and he showed me the picture and uh, he had harvested the world record moose and uh, and four days later he gets a postcard after he had harvested the world record four days later he gets a postcard from Fred himself and uh, I saw this postcard and it was so cool to see but it was handwritten uh, to my friend Harv not a giant but it'll feed a hungry camp. <laughs> and uh and it had actually broken his world record and so four days after after harv had had claimed the world record fred took it away from him so he said that's my claim to fame i had four days of a world record before fred took it away from me and then taunted me by saying not a giant but uh still a good bull <laughs> yeah that is so awesome you gotta you gotta love it man it was it was a it was a, a really cool thing to be able to see that fred had sent him that well, and he had a great sense of humor, too. I mean, not only was he just a gentleman, and a lot of people don't know this about Fred, but there were so many little things he did. Uh, for example, he was a, a smoker. You know, he ended up, uh, you know, dying of emphysema. Um, you know, complications with that, but he had, you know, real bad lungs. But he would never let a picture get published of him with a cigarette because he knew there were so many young people, like myself, that admired him, looked up to him, and Fred knew cigarettes weren't healthy. So he would never let a picture, video, um, get out with him with a cigarette. So that's know, awesome. He did, he did so many little subtle things like that. Um, great sense of humor. Frank Scott, you know, used to always tell me about the time that when he was trying to sell bear archery equipment, you know, when they very first started, he couldn't sell it. People didn't know who bear archery was, the bear archery bows. And he said, Fred, Fred, I, I, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And Fred sent him back on the back out on the road to try and sell archery equipment. And he said, well, there's the problem, Frank. He said, our customers aren't horses and we're not trying to make them drink. We're trying to get them to buy archery equipment. <laughs> I also heard, man, I also heard he was a bit of a ladies man. Yeah. Harv's, wife, Harv's wife said he used to lay the, lay the, uh, lay the moves on her. 
<laughs> oh man, I tell you, I think a lot of those guys were awesome. They were just such cool guys and so funny, great senses of humor. And, you know, just to hear all those guys and I got to hang out, you know, that was neat working at Bear Archery. So I got to meet guys like, you know, Joe White and Bob Munger, Fred's longtime hunting companion. And, you know, I got to sit around and literally hear stories uh, from Bob Munger and Frank Scott uh, about, you know, Fred Bear and some of the adventures, some of the things they had done and, and said, and, you know, some of the background on some of the animals. And it was hysterical. I mean, it was great talking to those guys. Yeah. I love those stories, man. Um, now, I, I tell me a little bit about um, kind of how your wife and your three boys play into this whole deal. Uh, because I know your wife, man's a bad of the bone hunter herself. And, uh, and your boys are now to the age where they're starting to take big animals, like you said, harvesting one yesterday. Um, so tell me about, tell me how their involvement in the show and their involvement, uh, in the business and, and, and how that played a role in you coming to bear archery. Well, you know, what's neat is, is, uh, you know, the, the kids have grown up in it their whole lives. So, you know, with the outfitting business, as I mentioned, I've taken, uh, Harvey Eber's been hunting with me and Chris Benarino's harvested a bunch of animals with me. And, um, I've been very fortunate, uh, to have gotten a lot of guys in the industry, which is really a neat thing to me. Dwight Chu, another amazing, uh, man, TJ Conrad's from traditional bow hunter magazine and the late Larry Fisher. Um, you know, I, I got a chance to guide a lot of those guys and meet a lot of people from the industry. And what's neat about the kids is they've grown up with two parents that were hardcore outdoors people, whether it was, you know, a bow, a shotgun, a rifle or anything. And Fred's whole thing was be a two season hunter. I mean, Fred, you know, Fred believed people should, you know, whatever gets you out in the field more. And he was literally pushing probably the best ad campaign ever, which was, Hey, I'm not saying put down your rifle, but I'm saying if you grab a bow, you'll have more time in the field. And it made sense to a lot of people. Um, but the kids, you know, growing up in an outfitting family, they've all been guiding. They've all been skinning stuff since they were little, uh, all harvested animals since they were little. Uh, Michelle's dad, you know, he started Muzzy Broadheads. So Michelle grew up as a, as not only a hunter, but a bow hunter as well. Um, and her dad, super active senior member of Pope and Young and, and, uh, you know, just a super guy that also shot bear archery equipment. So, you know, the kids have been around it their whole lives and, uh, they're all avid outdoorsmen and like it all, uh, you know, like you say, uh, you know, Seth shot a, uh, the middle, middle son, uh, he shot a Columbia blacktail with recurve, uh, this year. And then he just shot a beautiful mule deer. It was bear compound, uh, yesterday. Uh, Michelle's actually out hunting as we speak. Um, and, uh, so is Jeb. So, you know, the kids don't know, uh, man, between, farming, ranching, and, and the outfitting business which is what they've raised in. They're pretty much outdoors and either guiding hunters or hunting themselves. That's pretty much what we do. Now, did the did the all-inclusiveness of bear archery and you having your boys and your wife involved, um, did that make a big difference in you coming home? One, 100%. I mean, the fact that uh, bear archery has always supported the whole family uh, because of the products that they have, too. Um, you know, and, and the fact that they want everybody to have a bow, I just, you know, that, that was huge to me. Uh, they wanted the, the boys involvement, um, because that's what they do. I mean, what, what, what's fun for me and a bow is usually fun for the kids. So we shoot aerials together and, you know, we had, we had a couple of guys out laughing their heads off. We were out shooting aerials and, you know, I was shooting doubles and, you know, like, you know, two arrows at one time at aerials and just having a good time. And the kids were running around and, we were shooting off our backs and the kids love doing all that. So they grew up, you know, shooting recurves and uh, longbows and pistols and air rifles and slingshots and atlatls. And, you know, if it flung something farther than they could fling a rock, they were all about it. So yes, I would say a hundred percent bear archery and their philosophy of all encompassing any animals, a trophy. And, and that's huge to me because I think the future of our sport lies with really pushing uh the organic meat uh the field to table lifestyle um don't get me wrong a big animal's great but like fred any animal's a trophy it really is and if you harvest it with a bow and you do it legally and ethically 
man, you've, you've done something. And I think to get people into our sport and also to have all the people that are on the fence vote to keep and protect all hunting, um, you know, and fishing and, and any of our outdoor activities, it's very important that they realize that hunters are out there. We prefer to put our own meat on the table. We prefer to skin it. We prefer to butcher it. We prefer to cook it. And, you know, whether it's the farming and, and canning, which we do, or raising, you know, honey from our bees or, you know, or harvesting honey from our bees. It's just that whole mentality and that outdoor lifestyle that I think the general public really needs to know. And Bear Archery is really pushing that. And that is, you know, that's where my heart lies. As I get older, especially, and you and me have had this conversation privately, um, as, you know, as, as the sport comes under attack more and more, and we need to protect it for future generations. Um, I really think that organic meat, um, you know, the push for going out there and, and harvesting your own animal instead of paying somebody else to do it. Cause people that say, Oh, I, I don't like to hunt, but they eat meat or fish. Well, they're paying somebody else to kill that animal for them. As hunters, we like to know where our meat comes from. We like to take care of it and don't get me wrong. Hey man, I raise I raise cattle, so I'm I'm all about eating beef too. Uh, I just want to throw that out there, but <laughs> but, uh, but I also think that that organic and uh, getting it out for yourself, man, that's just a that's a huge part of the outdoor experience. And you know whether you get one or not, hey, that's all that's all part of it too. But when you do, whether it's a frog or a squirrel or a rabbit or a doe or a cow elk or a whatever it is be proud of it. Know that you put it on the table yourself and celebrate that. And I, I love their philosophy of that. I, I think some of the push to, to trophy animals is going to hurt our sport a little bit. So I really like their whole encompassing everybody and encouraging everybody, no matter what it is, whether you're a trophy hunter that wants to take the biggest one on the mountain or in the river bottom or the swamp or whatever, that's great. But if you want to go out and, and harvest the first animal that comes in range to put it on the on the table for your family, well, that's great too, and and that that really rang home for our family. Yeah, and that's you know <laughs> what you just said about beef, man. I uh, I had some friends over the other night, and they're big hunters, and uh, I made some burgers, and I said, uh, you know, hey, my so and so just gave me some some farm raised beef. Would you like some? He said, oh man, we only eat deer at my house, and I'm like, well, that's just dumb. Because beef is delicious too, and uh, I'm like, listen, you can you can act the tough hunter role all you want and say, oh, I love venison, which I love venison too, but there ain't nothing better than a big thick ribeye. Uh, <laughs> that that uh, so you're right, man. I love eating wild game, but I'll throw down on some beef too. Don't oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there's a reason we have incisors. I like it all, man. Those cows, <laughs> those, those cows move slow, man. If I don't get an animal, I'm pretty sure I can take one of my calves home and eat it. So I'm <laughs> with you. I got to tell you a funny story. I was uh, I used to hunt this old boy's place. He was a rancher, great guy, and taught me a lot of stuff about cattle. And, and uh, he told me one time, he said, Fred, he said, many many's the time I've had steak dinner over at my neighbor's and know darn well it was my own beef I was eating. <laughs> oh i laughed so hard he said i gotta get them fixed those those fences fixed a little better (laughs) you know i one time fred i was out hunting and uh i sit in my tree stand and about i don't know 500 yards away i see something moving across the field and and i'm here in kansas man we don't have we don't have pigs and so i'm sitting here i'm thinking that looks like a stinking pig and, uh, you know, just the way it was walking and, and the size and the shape and the how low it was to the ground. I'm like, that looks like a stinking pig. And uh, and finally it got into a cl- – and I watched it for like 30 minutes until I finally got to where I could see what it was with my binos. And uh, sure enough, what somebody's farm pig had gotten out, and this thing was like a 400-pound pig. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if this thing walks to me, do I shoot it or not? Oh man, that's pork chops. If, if this thing comes to me, do I shoot or it ended up not? So I didn't have to make the moral decision, but uh, ended up just walking back, walking back towards its farm. But you know, back to what you said about the kids and uh, and being all inclusive. You know, I've got a two year old boy, and my two year old boy wants to do everything I do, and, uh, and and so when he grows up, 
he's going to want to shoot the same thing I shoot. You know, he sees daddy wearing bear archery hats and, and, and hoodies and, and, and I've got bear archery LED signs in my office and I've got bear archery flags in my garage and, and, uh, and he's going to look at his bow and think, well, why is it mine like dad's? Um, and, and I want my son, uh, to want to be like me, obviously, in everything he does. I want him to be better than me in everything he does, but, but I, I love that my kid can shoot the same bow as me. And with that new bear legit, man, it looks like my bow. I mean, it looks like a legit compound bow. It doesn't look like a little kid's toy. And so my kids can have that bow and know I'm just like dad. My bow looks like dad's. It has the same little logo as dad's that I'm just like dad. And, uh, and so that's part of when that legit came out, I was so excited because, uh, you know, my kids up to that point had had little kid looking bows. And, uh, and I just thought, well, now I'm excited that they get a bow that they can look at and think I'm shooting just like my daddy does. This isn't a toy bow anymore. This is a real bow. And, uh, and so that's part of what I, I love about that new legit and the whole new lineup this year. Um, what are you shooting this year from bear archery? Man, I'm sticking with that mag riser, man. I bounce back and forth between my really old one, just because I don't know the history is really neat to me. And I've had a lot of those and Michelle still got some of her dad's old bear archery bows, which is really neat too. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I, I've been bouncing back and forth between the old and the new, the new mag riser, just because of that latch system. And again, I'm a little bit of a romantic, but the fact that Fred Bear's the one that came up with that latch system, and it was so far ahead of its time. I mean, it just the easiest way to pop a limb onto a, you know, it, it's just such an easy way to pop a limb onto a bow or take it down. And I like, I, I just love the takedowns too. I, I've always been a fan of them. Um, I travel, I like to be able to have one in the back of my truck. Cause you know, sometimes you're, well, you know how it is. Sometimes you're out in the tractor or you're farming or whatever. And there's a bunch of rabbits throughout the hay bale or something. I'm like, Oh, let's pop the boat together and let's go chase something. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the takedowns for traveling, you know, or if you have to get on a plane or even, you know, like in Kodiak, we were loading all our gear up on a boat and it was awesome that I could throw, you know, two, two recurves and throw them in a tiny little bag and, I had everything I needed to go arrow tube and, you know, and I was, I was ready to roll. And, uh, you know, so I, I that's, that's my love. And, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be probably sticking with the majority of the time is, uh, that, that new mag riser in me is just really, uh, you know, and, and with the old Fred bear camo, which is pretty cool. So that's, uh, that's my main, uh, that's my main passion right there. And the kids love it all. Uh, you know, they're a little more diverse than me. They, they, uh, which is probably a good thing. They, uh, they like playing with everything. And, you know, matter of fact, I just got some, you know, I got the 35 pound limbs and, and they're loving that because everybody can shoot. It's my, my riser, but you know, we can go from 35 to 60 pounds, just like that, swapping out a pair of limbs and, you know, everybody can play with it depending on what we're doing and the aerials, you know, we like, gosh, we like playing with the aerials too. that. And you can't really, ah, don't get me wrong. I've seen a couple guys shoot aerials with a compound, but if you want to have fun with a bow and it's just, don't get me wrong. The kids have a blast shooting their compounds too, but man, it's hard to beat a, a traditional bow shooting aerials or, you know, you're not going to take your compound and shoot at a tennis ball. Cause that arrow is going to, for sure it's, it's out of there. You know, yeah. even if you're shooting a judo, that thing's out of there, but you throw a flu flu on and shoot an aerial, man, you're, you're having a good time. You're just chasing, chasing arrows around and flinging arrows at every pine cone and goopy looking pile of dirt. And, you know, it's just, so that's, I guess, long-winded answer but yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with uh you know with my with one of my biggest passions with is which is a traditional bow but you know i like it all i i like the old revolvers though when i'm shooting pistols too so whereas the kids yeah. like the they like the semi-auto and the you know the the souped up stuff you know i'm kind of a lever action revolver recurve guy <laughs> now well you're uh... that's not predator hunting that i'm with an ar so i, I guess i can't say i'm all i'm all old school i like right. the, of the new stuff too Will your will your wife and kids uh, be primarily hunting with a recurve, or will they be looking at the at the compound lineup? Man, they're they're going to be shooting a little bit of everything. They've got some compounds that they're shooting, and uh, like I said, Seth just uh, he shot that mule deer yesterday with uh, uh, with a compound. I'm, I got to check and see which one it was, but uh, you know they've all they've all harvested animals with traditional equipment, which is pretty neat. Uh, from Trent to Jeb, I mean Seth, Michelle, you know she shot antelope and hogs and you know you know we we've hunted uh 
she shot an axis deer and all kinds of stuff with traditional equipment too, just because that's, uh, you know, that's what her dad loves. So she still enjoys that too. So we'll probably, uh, you know, like always, then nothing changes there. The kids will all be shooting a little bit of everything and, and I'll probably shoot a little bit of everything too. I mean, Trent, I know Trent was, Trent was, uh, having some fun with the crossbow the other day and even those crossbow pistols. Tell me you've played with those things. <laughs> They're pretty stinking awesome. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I got in trouble for shooting in the house the other day. I guess you're not supposed <laughs> to do that, but I had a target, so I thought it was okay. But Trent even rigged up a red dot on his. He, he's like, he's like, dad, check it out. I put a red dot on the crossbow pistol. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, pretty pretty funny. So yeah, the the dog's got to be careful, and I got to be careful that the wife's not home when we're shooting them in the house. I get in trouble for that. I uh, I lost permission to shoot in my house. I uh, here in my basement. I I can shoot at about eleven yards in my basement, and, and I would always shoot in the mornings or or in the evenings when kids were already asleep and or you know rain and snowing. And uh, one day I was shooting, and I didn't realize that my target uh, had softened up enough to the point where my arrows were going through just enough to hit the wall behind it. And, uh, and so I get done shooting and I go over to my target and sure enough, there's like four or five holes in the wall. Uh, <laughs> so the field point went in. And so I just threw my target back in the house and thought, well, surely my wife will never see these over in the corner of our basement. <laughs> sure enough, about three months later, she was picking up the kids toys down there and she said, what are these holes in the wall? And I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and uh, she said, isn't this where you set your target when you shoot? And I'm like, ah, it doesn't sound right to me. And uh, and so she quickly figured out that you put holes in the wall. And and, uh, and so I said, well, you know, I, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. And uh, so she put an end to me shooting in the house real quick. Yeah, I, I throw the kids under the bus on any of that stuff. There's, uh, you know, holes in any walls. I, I instantly point fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to do that too. I'm like, it was Tucker, and she's like, uh, he was. That's my youngest, and of course, he was like a year old at the time. She's like, yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the advantage of having a little older kids because you could be like, I don't know, it's probably one of the kids. Yeah, and then you just got to jump on board and say, quit lying to your mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to once you stick with it, you got to be like, I don't know, maybe it's one of our buddies. You know how the guys come over and play around. I don't know. One time I told my one time I told my eight year old. I blamed something on her, and uh, I, you know, I had to jump on board with it and say, "Quit lying to your mom. We know you did it." And uh, her mom walked off, and I'm like, "Listen, I did it, but just play along with it, and I'll make sure you don't get in trouble." Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, of course, mom comes back in. She's like, "Hey, listen, I think me and your dad decided to ground you." And I'm like, "Well, maybe that's a little too harsh for this one. Let's just let her off with a warning now." There you go. There you go. See, it's, I'm glad I'm not the only. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not the only father that makes questionable decisions when it comes to children. Yeah, yeah. So, so mom walked off, and I just said, "Thanks, babe, for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you back for it. I promise." I love it. Now, obviously, man, what 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 rings true and ever what what comes to mind when everybody thinks Fred Eichler is. Uh, the super slam and, uh, and, and especially doing it with a recurve. Um, now I, I really do. I want to have you on sometime and dedicate an entire episode uh, to you walking through the success of the super slam. Uh, how long did it take you to, to fulfill that? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it's funny because my, originally it started out with, you know, with Fred Bear being a hero. And I, I've, I've said this multiple times in print and, and on, uh, you know, on podcast before is really my goal. I was like, man, I want to, I want to harvest everything Fred harvested. That would be so neat. What a neat goal to try and, and do. And of course I, I made it realistic. I was like, well, I know I'll never get a Bengal tiger and I'll probably never go to Africa when I was younger. That's what I thought. And I thought, well, I'll just, I'll try and get the animals that Fred got in North America, you know, the elk, the moose, sheep, goats, you know, some of these cool things that, that Fred had harvested in North America. And, you know, as I was kind of getting lucky and getting some of those, I'm like, man, you know, I want to keep going. And so it, it really was as much as anything. I just wondered if I had what it took physically and mentally to try and harvest all those animals with a traditional bow. And man, I, I'll tell you, you know, there were some tough times. I mean, you know, there, there were a few times I was like, man, I, I guess these guys are just all tougher than me. Cause this is really, this is, this is hard. You know, when you're hunting from 130 degrees to, you know, negative 30 degrees, it was, uh, it was certainly um, physically and mentally challenging. And, and, you know, I've been told that me just counting to 20 is mentally challenging for me, but 
you know, the physical and the mental aspect of, of trying to get uh, within bow range and, and traditional bow range of all the different species and all the different, you know, states and provinces and, and all the neat places I got to go. That was just, uh, man, it was a blast, I, you know, and, and it was. It, Fred did a way better job than, than I could ever do, but it really, bottom line, it's it's not about the animal as much as it is about the adventure and being with friends and making new friends and the amazing things you get to see and, you know, beachcombing on, on Kodiak, you know, just, you know, picking up shiny rocks and, you know, cool leaves and noticing hummingbirds and all these little things that you get to see salmon running upstream. And, you know, it, it really is the, the animal, not to say it's anticlimactic cause it's not at all, but it's, it's just a small part of that whole thing. And, uh, Fred did a great job even in his field notes. And that's what I loved about the field notes is it was about everything and the camp or the weather. And, you know, we saw, you know, a wolf chasing a caribou or we saw this. And, you know, that to me was the neatest part of the whole, I don't know about the whole experience. So it was really fun for yeah. me. And it was just one of those things that I was like, man, now I know now I can relate what, you know, re- relate to what Fred wrote about, you know, on the polar bear or, the excitement or the adrenaline rush of, of getting in bow range of a, of a big brown bear or a grizzly bear, or, you know, even if it was a mule deer that's coming down a path, I, you know, it was all, it was all amazing. And, you know, and, and Fred's video of that, that big mule deer buck, you know, come run past him in Kaibab, I think it was, that was amazing. And, you know, the video of Fred bear and that, you know, huge brown bear walking around the rock and, you know, the video of Fred Bear missing, I think it was a grizzly, but there was video of him missing a grizzly and he, he threw his bow in disgust. <laughs> like, I can't believe I just missed that bear. And he, he threw his bow in the bushes. Like, I just can't even believe that just happened. And I love that Fred, you know, was humble enough and, and had the humility to show that stuff too. You know, that, you know, yeah. he, you know, it, it, it happens and you miss sometimes and that's all part of it. And, you know, remember the old, even the old videos of Fred shooting aerials. That's why I wanted to shoot aerials is, you know, I would watch Fred throwing them up and, you know, you know, he'd have a buddy throwing them up and Fred would be shooting aerials. And I was like, wow, look at that. That's amazing. So, you know, a lot of that stuff really came from watching old videos or reading stories about Fred. That's what really gave me that lust for adventure. Um, and, and, to to see some of that neat stuff and, you know, what does a polar bear look like, you know, besides a pitcher or a zoo? And what is it, what is it like to see a wild grizzly bear digging up a pika or, you know, a little ground squirrel? So yeah, I really, man, I, it, it's funny. And and I wrote an article in, in bow hunter magazine about, you know, where I tried to talk about that, but it's funny how much of an impact certain people can have on your life, whether it's a huge one or a small one. And Fred bear had no idea really who I was. I mean, the first time I met him, I was a nine-year-old kid. You know, second time I was probably 18 with my dad at at his, at his, at his range at bear archery there, or maybe a little younger than that. And then, you know, and then later on in my, you know, in my early, gosh, I guess I was probably early 20, maybe 20 or 19, you know, when I saw him at the hospital there, but you know, he had a profound impact on my life because of his writing and his videos. So it's, it's neat that people can have that kind of an impact on you. Um, as you go through life. And, uh, it's neat to me that he touched so many people because of who he was and the way he told the story. And, you know, and, and it comes back to, I mean, he may never, he, he never knew the amount of people that he reached and impacted, um, for hunting. And that's the kind of person that, that I aspire to be. Um, you know, I don't know if I told you this, Fred, but you know, I'm, I'm a, a minister. That's what I do here in Kansas. And uh, so not only in my ministry, but in hunting, that's what I want to do is I want to inspire people. Now, I may never have the platform that that Fred Bear have or that you have. Uh, I, I may never speak to the millions and to the multitudes, but if I can make a difference in one person's hunting career, then I want to do it. Right. If If one person can look back and say, I remember when Dylan took me to shoot my first year. I remember being inspired by Dylan to go out and try turkey hunting with a bow. I remember when – then it's a victory. It's a win because oh. I think as, as bow hunters, man, and you can get me started all day long on a rant on this, we as bow hunters have lost the mentality of creating new hunters. We've lost it. 
we're so busy and tied up with trying to uh, kill the biggest and best animals that we have forgotten that I've got three kids and it's my job to get them involved in, in bow hunting. And, and I've got, you know, kids that walk by, I've got kids that walk by uh, the field where I shoot and they say, man, is that a bow and arrow? That's really cool. And I'll say, well, why don't you go home and, and, uh, you know, I'd love to talk with your parents and see if I could ever, uh, if you could ever come shoot and get you, get you started, get you taught. And, and these boys just light up. And if I can, and if, if one of those kids grow up and they say, well, there's this, there was this guy, uh, who used to shoot back behind his house and, and I stumbled upon him one day and, and, uh, he taught me how to shoot a recurve. And now here I am. And, it, and if that ever happens, I may never know what happened, but if that ever happens, then it's a victory. Oh, a hundred percent. Or even, you know, or even grounding them in, in, you know, in faith through your ministry. I mean, that's, you know, that's another way to touch people. And Fred made a lot of subtle comments about, you know, being in a tree stand and you're that much closer to God. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of Fred Bear quotes made a reference to, uh, you know, uh, you know, to God or, you know, to how great it was for your soul to be outdoors and things yeah. like that. So, you know, it's, it's, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, if you can touch somebody and uh, get them involved, I think there's a natural pathway there for a lot of things that are just uh, make their lives better in general. You know, uh, you know, uh, our middle son, Seth, I mean, you know, I, I use him as an example. He, you know, there's some kids his age that would, you know, they're out partying or doing whatever. And, you know, he chose yesterday, you know, he, he was using, you know, I think he was using, shooting the divergent, but he was out there and man, he wanted to be out mule deer hunting by himself. And that's, that's awesome. awesome. You know, and, 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 you know, just the closest that we have, you know, th that I had with my father through the outdoors and hunting and that I have with, you know, my boys through the outdoors and hunting and fishing pursuits, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. And, uh, and good for you, not only impacting people from the, you know, from the outdoors and, and, you know, trying to get people involved, but also grounding them in, in faith as well. Cause that's a great, uh, you know, that, that's a great medium as well. Well, for me, you know, for me, they go hand in hand and, uh, and, and it's, it's deeply rooted in me that, that hunting and, and my faith are, are a strong part of who I am. And so, um, for me, they go hand in hand. Um, sure they can exist outside of each other, but for me personally, they go hand in hand. And, uh, and so Fred, I got, I got two more questions for you before I let you go. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your outfitting business there. Um, you know, it, it's again, something that just allowed me to spend all my time outdoors. And, and I, you know, my passion so deep, I, I'm usually more excited than the guy that I'm guiding. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible guide because I get so excited, um, that a lot of times, you know, uh, it's just hard. I'm like, Oh, there it is. There it is. You know, get it, get it. You know, and I get just so worked up. But uh, I've been doing that for, I think, 28 years now, guiding clients. Uh, Full Draw Outfitters is the name of the outfitting business. We started, um, me and a couple buddies, uh, you know, Don and, and Bly, we started out, uh, we were all bow hunters, and we thought, man, it would be great to, to guide bow hunters. And that's what we did. Uh, but to make it really a full-time job and, and to be able to pay bills with it, uh, we expanded into doing everything. So we guide bow hunters, muzzleload hunters, rifle hunters, shotgun hunters, a little bit of everything. Um, but we guide for whitetail, mule deer, elk, bear, mountain lion, antelope, turkey, um, bighorn sheep, if guys draw in, in our units and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a blast. I get to spend not only the time that I spend outdoors hunting for myself or with my family, but I also get to go out and enjoy sunrises and sunsets with a lot of other people. And like I said, you know, you were talking about Chris Perino. I mean, you know, me and Chris have been together and, you know, Chris harvested elk with me, mule deer with me, turkey with me, uh, mountain lion, a bunch of different species. Um, and uh, Harvey's been out mule deer hunting with me and, and we've had a blast together. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it's just neat sharing people that are like minded and have that passion. And so. You know, I literally, I'm out there guiding bow hunters. I've got a, I've got another guy coming in actually tonight. I think he told me he gets in at two in the morning and, uh, he's going to be out deer hunting tomorrow. So I absolutely love it. That's, it's, it's just an excuse to spend more time outdoors. Now you said that you said it might make you a bad guy to be a little too excited, but I've been on the other end of that spectrum, you know, where I remember I harvested my first bear 
and, uh, and and I was so incredibly excited. Um, I mean, I threw my hands up in the sky. I threw my bow halfway across the stinking woods. Just ha- I mean, overly excited. It had been a goal of mine to harvest a bear, and, and I was just so excited. And and my guide rolls up, and I walk up to this bear, and he's like, nice bear, man. Good first bear. And I'm like, really? Like, that's it? That's it? Like, <laughs> give me a little something here, dude. Um, especially, I mean, I'm filming for a TV show, so he's on camera, and I'm like, well, that was about a dud. Yeah, yeah. no, but, uh, it was, it was exciting either way for me, but, but I've been on the other end of that spectrum and it's, it's a lot better when you have a a guide and an outfit, uh, who is excited about what they're doing. They're excited for your success. Um, I am going to make it a bucket list hunt, uh, to come on a hunt with you someday. And, uh, that would be absolutely incredible, uh, for you to walk me through hunting with a recurve and and the basics of that. And so, uh, I, I am going to make that a goal of mine. Well, that's awesome. I hope I hope you do it. Now, one thing I like to ask everybody, Fred Bear is big on field notes, as you know. What's one field note uh, that you've jotted down or taken over the years um, that I can take and put in my arsenal and make myself a better hunter? You know what? It It's to keep that optimistic attitude. And, and really, you know, I've, it can happen first day, it can happen the last day. And if it doesn't happen, it's still a great hunt. And, you know, I, I tell a lot of people, I'm, I'm certainly not the best hunter, but I'm the hardest hunter. I mean, I, I'll sit from dawn till dark and, you know, I, I drive some people crazy. If I sit, I'll give you a prime example. If I sit in a water hole five days and nothing comes in, I am just as excited to go in there the next day, if not more excited. And I've had cameramen look at me and go, why are you so excited to go back there? We haven't seen anything in five days. I'm like, what are the odds that something's not going to come in today? I mean, yeah. we're just increasing our odds every time we go. So I'm that guy that's that eternal optimist, like, oh, it's going to happen, you know, any second. So, you know, I've seen some guys that kind of, they start to lose that drive or lose the passion or, or lose the excitement, you know, like, you know, you're calling elk and, you know, you, you make five stands and, you know, the first stand, the guy's really excited. He's got his arrow on his string. He's ready. Nothing comes in. The second stand, nothing comes in. Well, he's, He's ready, but he's not as excited. Third stand, he's not as ready. And maybe he's kind of just leaning and not looking as hard. And then, like, the eighth stand, the guy doesn't even have an arrow on his bow. And, of course, that's when the bull <laughs> doesn't, even, doesn't even bring his bow. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy, guy's not ready. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Like, how do you not? You know, I, I, I guess I'm that optimist. So, yeah, I mean, and you're probably that way most bow hunters are. But, you know, I, I tell a lot of guys, man, you know, it's, the odds of it happening at the very last minute of the last day are just as good as it happening the first minute of the first day. So keep that optimism and, and just enjoy it all. You know, don't, don't hinge it upon harvesting an animal. I mean, some of the best uh, shows and some of the hunts, best hunts that I've done have been where I didn't, you know, harvest anything. And maybe I was camping with my son or, you know, with family or, you know, we just had a great hunt. And it's funny, I've had comments, you know, and guys like, man, that was a really cool show and, and, and you didn't get anything. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, or you missed, you know, <laughs> I've had yeah. some where, where like Fred Bear, I was like, I can't believe that I just choked that shot. But, you know, it's, it's all, it's all fun. So yeah, man, just keep that, keep that optimism, keep that spirit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to happen. It's just no telling when. Yeah. I actually, um, that bear that I just told you I harvested, I harvested it with, uh, and I didn't even, I hunted for five days, didn't even see a bear until day four and, uh, day five, the last day of the hunt, I harvested that bear and it was the only bear I saw that evening. I harvested that bear with literally like a minute and a half, two minutes left in shooting light. And, and it was literally like I was sitting there looking at my phone, making sure it was still shooting light. So if a bear came in, I could shoot. And I had just checked my phone and there was only like two minutes left of shooting light. So by the time I shot this bear, you're talking a minute and a half, a minute left of shooting light and uh, talk about coming down to the wire. But uh, I was so stinking excited, man. And, you know, uh, meat eater, uh, Steve Ranella said it best. When it comes on day one and it comes so easily, it's almost just like you didn't even have to work for it. You know, it wasn't even where was that time spent laying in your tent thinking, is this going to happen? You know, that's part of the best parts of the hunt is thinking, man, maybe tomorrow's the day. Uh, maybe tomorrow's the day. Maybe I don't get it done, but, but you know, sometimes it just comes too easy. <laughs> yes, sir. I know what you mean, man. I, 
the hunts that I remember the most, the ones where I was the most exhausted and that's, you know, our work the hardest at. So there's a lot of, a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Putting a little sweat equity into that animal is what it's called. Now, before we go, I do need to give one more quick thank you to our friends over at Three Rivers Archery. They are your one-stop shop for anything traditional. Um, they are absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm telling you, over these four months of me taking this leap into uh, shooting a recurve, I have called their customer service probably five times and just said, hey, I got a question about this, got a question about that. They're always great to answer. They have the largest selection of, of in-stock stuff with same day shipping so you place an order for some new arrows they're on your doorstep in two days um absolutely fantastic resource for all things traditional so go check out three rivers archery at three rivers archery.com fred hey those guys are i just want to add lib those guys are super guys too dale jonathan they've actually both been hunting with me both harvested mule deer with their longbows and uh they're just great people i've I've actually shot deer with them in india they're solid solid people and they genuinely care about every single customer so yeah they're they're super people to work with and i i love how incredibly open they are to throwing out knowledge um you know some people you can some people you get the idea that if i don't purchase from you after you answer all these questions they're going to be upset and uh and i'll call and ask questions about arrow spine and and broad broadhead weight and all this stuff and and then i'll just say thanks have a good day and they're like hey man you too call if you have any more questions and i'm like these guys, these guys are legit you know yeah were you talking um, to dean dean's another super one over there There's yeah guys over there yeah they are fantastic to deal with um so so i would highly highly encourage you to check out three rivers archery uh fred Thank you so much for coming on, man. From the bottom of my heart, I am incredibly excited to see you come home and to be with Bear Archery and to have your entire family on board with us, man. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, This season, we are now in 2021. So good luck uh, this entire year of hunting, man. I can't wait to watch your success. Can't wait to watch your family's success. And uh, so, man, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on with us. Thank you, buddy. Good luck with the traditional stuff. I hope you enjoy it.